Introduction A place called blessing is a dream come true for me. For years I have shared the message of the biblical blessing with men and women across the country and across the world. Yet here, finally, is a way to communicate this life-changing message in a new way for a new generation of readers. Not by sharing studies and overhead points and sidebars, but in story form, by portraying human interactions in such a compelling way that the reality of God's blessing comes alive for readers and becomes a part of their own real-life stories. A place called Blessing paints a vivid picture of what it means to choose blessings over curses, light over darkness, life over death. It is the story of one young man's struggle to believe he could ever be worthy of anyone's blessing, and one young woman's longing to be loved and affirmed despite the fear that it will never happen for her. More important, it shows what happens when a hurting family chooses to live the blessing. I hope it points the way toward a real place called blessing in your life. Believe me, it is the kind of place you will want to find and share with those you love. So it is with great joy that I sign off for now and invite you to sit back, turn the page, and step into the story of a young boy named Josh. I will join you again at the end of the book. John Trent, Ph.D., President, StrongFamilies.com, and the Institute for the Blessing at Barclay College. Chapter 1 Most every kid has a special toy or blanket he likes to have with him at bedtime or when he is scared or upset. You know, something to hold that helps him go to sleep and makes him feel safe. You probably had one. Or your kids did. Maybe for you it was a teddy bear, a pillow or a blanket, a gift from your mom or your dad, maybe your grandma. Mine was a tan rabbit with soft fur and silky ears that I rubbed between my fingers as I fell asleep. But I didn't get that rabbit from my parents or my grandparents. Nope, not that rabbit or any other toy. I never met my grandparents, and my parents were really young when they had me and my two brothers, Sam and Matt. Young and dumb, as they say. My dad did not go to work very often. My mom wasn't big on cooking or cleaning or taking care of kids. What they liked to do was go out with their friends. Every weekend and lots of weeknights, the two of them went out drinking and partying. Every time they went, they would promise to bring us boys a treat or a toy if we were good. I think we were good. Maybe not. All I know is most of the time they forgot. We rarely got treats, and we didn't have many toys. Once when I was pretty little, Mom and Dad took me and my brothers with them. They stopped on the way at a gas station and got us honey buns. Our mom gave us a blanket that was in the front seat. When we got to the bar, they left us in the car. It was only supposed to be a little while, but I guess they forgot. Matt and Sam and I fell asleep and did not wake up until the cops came and opened the doors. Somebody had seen us and called. The cops did not have to break a window or anything because my dad had not locked the doors. They just pulled us out and put us in the back of their car, then went inside to get our parents. When they found them, they put them in a different cop car. That's when I got the rabbit. In our state, lots of communities have this program called Caring Cops. It has been around for a long time. The way it works is, police officers carry stuffed animals in their trunks to give to kids who might be scared or upset. 
all three of us got one. If you ask me, whoever came up with that had a good idea. That night, they put my parents in jail, and we boys went to this place where they had lots of beds for kids. They gave us some food and some clean clothes. We only stayed there one night. Before our parents could take us home, they had to promise not to make that mistake again. Sure enough, they learned their lesson. From then on, they left us at home when they went out. I was four, almost five, Matt was six, and Sam was seven. I do not remember my parents hitting us or spanking us. They yelled sometimes, but mostly at each other. I guess we did not cause them too much trouble, because they pretty much ignored us. We were sort of like the furniture, just there. They did not touch us or talk to us much. They slept till noon usually, leaving us to fend for ourselves. We looked out for one another, as best as little kids could. We played with stuff like cans and boxes. We had sword fights with wire coat hangers. I'm surprised nobody's eye got put out. Sometimes we wrestled. Most days we ate cereal from the box and drank orange soda. Our couch had three cushions, one each for my brothers and me to sleep on. Every night we pulled them off the couch and lined them up in a row against the wall. My parents slept on a mattress on the floor. We didn't go outside. We didn't go to school. But we did watch TV. It was on 24-7. Early one Sunday morning, I guess my dad must have gotten confused driving home from a bar. No one ever did tell us the whole story. I heard a cop saying later that he was glad no one else was killed.